You're listening to an encore presentation of You Bet Your Garden. From the potato strewn studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA, it is time for another tuberous episode of Chemical Free Horticultural Hijinks. You bet your garden. I'm your host, Mike McGrath. Yes, organic store bought potatoes are inexpensive, but the taste of a fresh grown potato is incomparable. On today's show, we'll explain some of the ways you can grow your own super spuds. Plus, it's another fabulous phone call show, Cats and Kittens, yes. Potential guests are busy Yukon Golding, so we will take that heap and helping. Of your fabulous phone call questions, comments, tips, tricks, suggestions, and jarringly judicious justifications. So keep your eyes and or ears right here, true believers, because it's all coming up faster than you biting into a fresh red fingerling right after this. Support for You Bet Your Garden comes from Coast of Maine, creating organically approved gardening soils and plant foods for over 25 years. Part of Coast of Maine's mission is to be the most trusted partner to professionals and homeowners who believe that authentic, natural, and organic garden and lawn products play a critical role in the health of our communities and the living planet we share. Learn more at coastofmaine.com. Welcome to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath. Coming up later in the show, I will praise potatoes. If you haven't been planning on planting potatoes, I want you to change your plans. In the meantime, lots of your fabulous phone calls at 888-492-9444. Jerry, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Welcome. Uh, thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for taking my call. Well, thank you for making it, sir. How you doing? Very good. Very good. Hope you can help me with my problem. I will try to. I'm, I'm not a trained physician, although I do uh, play one on television. So we'll do our best. Uh, where do, and, and I'm going to go into the danger zone here. Where does Jerry have this problem? This problem is at my property up in Clarence, New York, which is a suburb, a northern suburb of Buffalo, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in, um, in upstate New York, and I've, I've never met Clarence. Well, it's a you know it's one of those little suburbs that uh, is out in the you know rural parts of the uh, western New York, and uh, it uh, can be easily missed. But uh, it's a lovely place. We've got a uh, a rather large ash tree uh, by the uh, road and very close to electric lines. And uh, we had a contractor come out from one of the electric companies and say that uh, the tree needs to be taken down. And mm -hmm. uh, we got a few second opinions and. Uh, they said it was dead, and the second opinions were some said it was dead, some said they could treat it, and I was looking for your advice as to whether this, it's a goner or uh, there's some hope for it. Well, uh, this is the perfect time of year to ask the question, how is it leafing out this season? Well, it's, it's not leafing out except for near the top, which has some buds, um, yeah. but pretty much it's not leafing I call out. The, I call them teasers. Um, we had an ash tree taken down for the same reason I'm going to explain that you unfortunately have to do the same thing. And the year no. afterwards, we got these sprouts up at top and I'm going, oh my God, I jumped the gun, I jumped the gun. But I didn't. 
The, yep. tr the tree was infested <laughs> with the emerald ash borer, which is one of the most notorious invasive insects we have to deal with. Um, you know, what happens is the larva, larval form of the borer, where they get their name because they bore into mm -hmm. stuff, um, gets underneath the bark of the tree and then just goes to town. I mean, these look like, when you take the bark off, it looks like a, a map of uh, the London subway system. It's crazy. They're yeah. all over the place. And uh, they do so much damage that eventually the tree can't take up nutrition. And they become a breeding ground for more emerald ash borers. So you say this guy is from the power um, company? Well, he's contracted from the power company to go up and down the street and probably looking at these trees and, and giving their opinion as to whether they're worth saving or pruning or, or taking down. And it, 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 maybe it happened so quickly because I, I don't think it was here dead last year. And that's why we were so surprised that uh, – and then we start looking around and we start to see a lot of the ash trees and – um, just seemed to be so quick, and I guess there's nothing can be done at this stage. No. I wish I would have known uh, earlier. You got to inject systemic chemical pesticides into the root system. Um, although I have seen, I think it was the Bartlett Tree Company showed me a treatment they were doing where it's like they give the tree a vaccination, they inject the chemicals right into the bark. And they are chemicals, but in, in a case where you're trying to save a precious tree, I don't mind the in-the-bark situation because it's not getting into right. the environment. It's hopefully not going to harm anything else. And this is just ridiculous. I mean, we lost the chestnut tree. Now we're losing the ash trees. I mean, so many endangered, uh, wonderful species. I take it personally because I'm a huge baseball fan. And the best bats, the best baseball mats, are right. are made of white ash. And one of the sure, one of sure. the reasons you see so many bats crack and go flying into the stands is they're made with maple, which it just doesn't have wow. what it takes. Hickory is good, but I haven't seen any hickory bats in a long time. Anyway. Yeah. Now this well, guy. It would have been nice if we, we could have caught it earlier, and and you know, but we just didn't have any any notice whatsoever that it was having problems until you know, it was too late. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anybody would give you a guarantee on how long the treatments would last. But again, I have no personal problem. I don't want you to use uh, you. Of course, you're 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 over the bridge. I don't want anybody to use systemics um, because that poisons mm -hmm. everything that comes to the tree. But um, this injection into the bark could be a lifesaver because, I mean, this is going to be this is going to be tough. This is going to be like the silent running movie where we're going to have to take like the last of the trees and shoot them up into space to save them. But uh, ash trees <laughs> are endangered and they're endangered other ash trees. So but this guy's from the power company, right? Or working right. for the power company, so he'll take well, it working. Yes, he'll take it down for free. Yes. Oh my goodness, you will be. You know, if that tree had been in a different position and not a threat to the power lines, uh, you'd be looking at three grand easy. 
Well, unfortunately, I have other ash trees that are in the same condition that are closer to the house that mm-hmm. that uh, that that might be something that we're going to have to pay for. But at least this one, you're right. The the, the power company will take care of this one. So none of it's, you. It's sad. So, boy, I'm trying not to say anything wrong here. So you got no ash, right? <laughs> Nothing's doing good. <laughs> Well, there, there's one that uh, is a smaller one that uh, is, uh, you know, looks like it can be, you know, with some injection. But but the the bigger ones, uh, you know, they just have a, a little leaves on the top, and yeah. uh, and uh, you know, just too bad. It's okay. So uh, when you get this guy back on your property, have him check mm-hmm. the small tree. Um, he can look for signs of borer infestation. I mm-hmm. think they go for mature trees more. So ask him about bark injection, not into the root system. And then, you know, because this, this is the deal uh, it always is. He's already on your property. He's already got the crane or whatever they're going to use to take this thing down. See if he'll give you right. a deal on taking the others down. Oh, that's a good idea. That's, sure. that's why I yeah. get the big money, man. <laughs> I know that for sure, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> I'm wearing a cardboard belt. Are you kidding me? Hey. Um, yeah, try to save the little guy and uh, see what kind of a price you can get on, you know, because, again, they're already there with the equipment. So the one they would charge to the electric right. company, the others they would charge to you. Uh, but you might, again, you might get a deal because so much of the work is the setup and everything else. And um, right. if you keep the little guy alive, stay in touch with us because this is a just a, oh. a terribly serious problem. And you didn't do anything wrong. Oh. No, I, uh, I will do my best to save the little one, and I'll let you know. Okay, because if it grows up to be a big one, I have a guy who's been waiting to turn a bat for me if I can find a big enough <laughs> piece of ash. I'll All keep right, you not, posted. Yeah, not that I could spray in anymore. Nah. <laughs> all right, man, good luck to you. Sorry, but it's happening all over the country. I appreciate the information, and thanks very much, Mike. My pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Paula. Welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thanks, Mike. Well, thank you, Paula. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here. And where is here? Here is Blanchard, Oklahoma. It's about 90 miles south of Stillwater and about 15 miles west of Norman, Oklahoma. Okay, sure, sure. I know, I know Storm and Norman, and uh, obviously yeah. o- Oklahoma City is in there, too. Uh, what can we do for yes, Paula yes. in OK? Well, in February, we were hit with a long Arctic blast. Yeah, I know. It dumped about seven inches. It, it dumped about seven inches of snow, and the temperature was below zero for about eight days, and then in the negative digits during the evening. Um, all the leaves 
on our 25-year-old Yalpin Holly and our boxwoods uh, that are right by the front door turned black and fell off. And as of mid-April, there is no new growth on Oof. either the boxwoods or the holly. Yeah, black is black is about as bad as it gets. Brown is not good, but black is almost always sent for the coroner. Now, I am not surprised about the boxwoods, and I think you might you know unless you want to wait till fall when the prices uh, on these kind of shrubs drop, I, I give you full permission to pull them out and replace them. The holly. Okay, we pulled one out already. Oh, okay. So Go you ahead. didn't even you didn't even wait. You don't care what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I do because we're concerned about the holly too. And I wanted to know. Go ahead. Yes. I wanted to know. We have a small patio table in that area, and what can we put in to replace the bushes to give us some privacy? Well, you know, that comes down to what you can find at the local garden center or, you know, maybe even a tree farm in your area that is pretty well grown, if you know what I mean. Um, Pete, one of the biggest mm -hmm. questions in gardening is what, what, what grows fast? And I go, unstable trees that will drop their limbs on your head. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm always dropping back to this. It's like my go-to answer. But how about some nice ornamental grasses? They grow, oh, they yeah. grow really tall in a single season. Uh, some of them have really nice plumage on the top. And I think they would be well-suited uh, to what used to be your climate. <laughs> I'm sorry about <laughs> what happened to your climate, but it happened in Texas, too. Um, the yes, holly... It did. The holly is another story. You said it's a, a pretty old holly, like 25, 30 years? Uh, at least 25 years, mm -hmm. yes. See, hollies are incredibly strong plants, almost like... Uh, some other plants that can be destroyed back to the back to the ground, like figs in a cold area, they should re-sprout new growth. Um, how tall is this thing? Oh, it's as tall as our roof. Oh, jeez. Um, I would. Yes, we haven't done much manicuring. Yeah, um, I would. Uh, Start and and again, it's black, right? There's no sign of new growth. None. Okay. Well, now except some shoots coming up from the from the soil. Yep, absolutely. You can always count on a holly not to die all the way. Now, um, you have a couple of choices here. Um, what I would do is start pruning it now, taking off, you know, one tenth of the plant. To start with, wait two weeks, take off another tenth, always waiting in between to see if you can stimulate some growth from higher up on the plant. If you can't, just take it down to where the new stuff is coming up, and then you can either wait for it to regrow, which it almost guaranteed will, or pull it out and um, put a different holly in there. But, you know... These are like 100-year things, 1,000-year things. Um, this is just so weird what happened to your, 
you poor people. And, you know, likely, it is not likely to happen again. You know, more likely is that the polar ice caps will melt and you'll have beachfront property suddenly. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I I would get rid of both shrubs. I would research ornamental grasses because a couple of them can become invasive. The seeds get spread. But many of them are just staggeringly beautiful. And I think they would serve well for the area you're describing. Great. That sounds like a lovely idea. Okay. That's me, Mr. Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate your answers. Thank you, Paula. And I hope you never have another winter like that again. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind one and all that the fabulous Philadelphia Flower Show will be outdoors this year, specifically in South Philly's historic Roosevelt Park, June 5th through the 13th. But don't go looking for all the details at theflowershow.com just yet, because we'll be right back to grow great potatoes and take more of your fabulous phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. You're listening to an encore presentation of You Bet Your Garden. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am still your host against all odds, Mike McGrath. Please stay with us because I am going to beg you to grow potatoes and I'm going to tell you why and I'm going to give you some advice about how to grow them to get the most out of your potato harvest. In the meantime, more of your harvested phone calls at 888 492-9444. That's the number to call. Tony, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Well, thank you, Mike. You are my hero of the garden. I'm Uh, so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk Uh to you. So this is clearly Tony with an I. Yes, it is. It sure is. Um, I've had a question about what to do and how to revitalize my... uh, hydrangea bushes that actually were my grandmother's and my mother's and I've cultivated them Mm -hmm. and they're absolutely outrageous. I think you saw some pictures of them and I went away for the weekend and my, my husband had my house power washed unbeknownst to me. He asked the the professionals, do you want me to cover things? Do you want me to water the plants first? And they said, Oh no, this product won't hurt your plants. 
I got home Monday, and they were gone. They were gone. I had a funeral. I cried my eyes out. <laughs> and it was, I really did, because people would come up and say, oh, they'll grow again. They're, they're just flowers. But the plethora of the flowers that I have had this particular year, to be 27 years to really get this like this, so thick and profuse, like it was in my old neighborhood in Delaware County. That, that's really where they're from. Okay, so where are they located now? Okay. They are on the northwest side of my house. That's where I always put them. Yeah, but where's and your they house? Do exceedingly well there. Uh, I live uh, down in West Coastville. Oh, okay, sure. I know where that is. Yeah, I'm your neighbor. So you're, <laughs> well, you are going to run into me one of these days. You, you, you <laughs> might see me shopping at the Whole Foods there. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> well, I can walk there from my house. So there you go. Oh, that's great. I'm addicted to their fresh squeezed orange juice. It's a, become a major vice of mine. <laughs> okay, you, right. So, so what have you, we done, first yeah. of all, to punish the husband? I mean, that's the important thing. Um, well, yeah, I didn't do anything. I tried to teach him that these things can't be done the way that he thinks they should be done and what the, the, the you know, professional companies said that they were going to use. So I really wasn't angry with him because he did it with good intentions. Well, that's what the road to hell is paved with, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Yes, and if you are you're, absolutely right. Yeah, and if you're going to go to hell, who cares if the road's a little rocky? I mean, come on, it's going to get rockier. <laughs> All right. So, I think I think we're talking um we're talking uh some sort of jewelry, chocolate, um new car, real makeup yes. present. Oh. Oh, yeah. Make yes, good absolutely. here. Absolutely. All right. So uh, yes, now <laughs> you're in the same basic part of southeast Pennsylvania as I am. What is happening yes. with the plants right now? Are you getting any greenery? I have greenery, and but I don't have any buds. And the greenery is thick down at the bottom. Right. But uh, it's very sporadic as it goes through the, the stem. And, you know, they're few and far between. So So that's the good news. They're not dead. But they'll never be the same in my lifetime. They'll never bloom like that again. Um, So Why? Are you 97 years old? I'm, well, almost. I'm older than Jared. I'm 70. How long am I going to live here? (laughs) Um, You might get a couple of flowers this year. If we handle things well, everything should be normal the following year. Okay. Now, have you contacted this company and said, don't give me any nonsense. Tell me what was in this stuff. I did. I contacted him. I had the owner come over. Yeah. And he said, he looked at it first. He said, ah, they're, they're flowers. They'll grow back. That hurt me to the core. Um, then he said that uh, I have never happened... To anybody else. He did my next door neighbor that day, and I went over and took pictures of their hydrangeas, too. They were burned up. Yeah. So, did we find out what was in the mixture? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a product. It's a product called Simple Green, all-purpose cleaner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give me anything on the outside about the chemicals. I have to really contact the... Um, the maker and get the chemical. Yes. Compound. What's going to happen is I want but, you to go. I want you to go on the internet. I want you obviously to okay. type in Simple Green, 
And then it okay. doesn't really matter if it's the manufacturer's website or somebody selling it, but you should be able to mm -hmm. go to either close up on the label, which divulges what it mm -hmm. is, or there should be information mm -hmm. sheets, legal information sheets that tell you what it contains. Mm -hmm. It could be, now I mm -hmm. don't know, it could be one of these citrus-based cleaners, um, which are, mm -hmm. are great for the environment, and we have to get rid of all these extra lemon and orange peels, but um, mm -hmm. it, it is a very harsh material. It is akin to the material it is a very, yes. that they use to take mm -hmm. graffiti off of buildings. So although it's harmless to people, pets, birds, bees, wallabies, everything like that, it could really be devastating if the plants were soaked in it for a long period of time. Now, and they were for two days. It was the hottest days, hottest week in July. And did anybody water them during this time? No, not afterwards. So they sucked up everything that was in that ground. So I got okay, so the Monday. first, yeah, the first thing that needs to be done after a mistake like this is soak the area with water. Bottom. Uh, I did that. I did that. When mm -hmm. you got back. Yes, as I got back, and I, okay. I kind of deadheaded as many as I could, and no, they no. were really profoundly affected. Don't go nuts yet. My okay. my hydrangeas are leafing out now. And I have, okay. uh, yes, deadheaded them. I've taken off the old balls from last year. Right, right. But I haven't done any yeah. active pruning. So what I want you to do yeah, is I, the hardest thing mm -hmm. for a gardener, sit on your hands and let's give mm -hmm. it to like the middle of May at least. See how they look mm -hmm. then. And then you can do some selective pruning. But you want to make sure mm -hmm. that if any buds are going to somehow emerge, you don't want to take them off. But um, mm -hmm. it, okay. pruning hydrangeas is difficult in itself w without these complications. So I wouldn't right. remove some, I might not remove any material this year and just let the mm -hmm. plant produce as much greenery as possible. You can give it a gentle mm -hmm. feeding with a liquid organic plant food. Now would be a good time, mm -hmm. but gentle. Okay. And mm -hmm. just keep an eye on them. And you know what? Go to one of these hardware stores or um, business places that make signs up. These yeah. hydrangeas were killed by Joe's Power Washing Company. I love you. That's what I had. I took pictures of it. My husband would not let. I put pictures in all. I took the signs down and put them in my my uh, my hydrangeas. Yeah, let everybody I put the, know. Business sign. Right. And they owe because you. Because I don't want this to happen to anybody else. It's well, it already happened thing. to your neighbor. I mean, you know. I, I know. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would make but, a fuss. I would make a stink if, quote, Joe comes out and says you're maligning him or whatever. Um, you get your money back. And then maybe yeah, the signs come down. Right, right. Yeah. 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 I, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. And my husband actually... He took the signs back to him. Yeah, that's what a good guy he is. But I wanted to keep the signs and put them out. But I did. Take oh, you mean you mean he put out signs there. showing he was proud of his power washing work? Y yes. <laughs> that's that's like the criminal carving something at the scene of the crime. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right. So treat them gently. Water more than okay. less. 
gentle feedings, maybe even two or three times over the season, as long as they're nice and gentle, and have a sign okay. made up. These hydrangeas were killed by. I will do that. I will do that. that that's, I want people to hear that, especially my husband. I need yeah. to sign up. It can't happen. Well, you could, it, it can't happen to anybody else. Right. Uh, you should probably have a tattooed on him. You know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry about your loss, um, but I believe they will come back. You'll see the flowers again. You just have to treat them as gently as possible and make sure that sign is nice and big. Yeah, I will. All right. Good luck. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey, is your garden producing more than you know what to do with? Or are bugs and herbivores and disease getting it all before you can? Either way, You Bet Your Garden is your clearinghouse for organic information about how to use all your goodies or to defeat those pests who are preventing you from eating them. And we'll be here for you at You Bet Your Garden. Dan, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Well, hello. Thank you. How are you doing today? I am just Ducky. Thanks for asking, Dan. Ducky always appreciates getting into the show. How is Dan doing? Uh, I'm I'm Ducky myself, especially Ducky as a University of Oregon alumni, so I'm doing great. Okay, very good. Um, And where is Dan located now? Dan is in transit from uh, Salem, Oregon, back to his home in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh, okay. That's up there in Idaho, huh? Yeah, yeah, northern Idaho. Yeah. Um, and I lament the short growing season, but, I, yeah, it's a nice place to live. That's, that's my understanding. Um, okay, so what can we do for Dan of Idaho? My, my question is about seedlings and and how to deal with uh, having too many of them essentially I put two seeds in every seed start that I started this about a month ago um, and as they germinate I've been successful and I've had multiple seedlings come up mm-hmm. um, and just looking for best practices for for how to deal with that okay so you got two options You can either take a little pair of scissors, like cuticle scissors, and go into each cell, so to speak, each growing area. Decide which plant you like the best. Sometimes it's the tallest, but not if it's leggy. So you have to decide which one you like. Um, Even the same plant grows at different rates. So if you've got one that seems to be a week further along, you keep that one. 
and you, quote, thin out the rest. And yes, this is heartbreaking. This is difficult. You can cry for many nights afterwards, but it's what the pros do. If you are an experienced seed starter and you have friends with gardens uh, and you have two absolutely beautiful, say, tomato plants, which really take to being separated very well, um, you just empty that container out, lift up one of them, put it back in, fill the dirt over the top, and then plant the other one in a different container. So it's, it's really up to your needs and your ability to give away extras. Um, I personally do not use skizzers. I don't, I don't thin that way. I can't stand the emotional destruction it, it has <laughs> on my heart and soul. So what I do is I just right. keep, you know, you don't have to start more. You just move plants around and you get more and more. And then when the season is almost ready to be open, email all your friends. Put something up on Facebook. Tell them, I got extras of this, that, and that, and it's my pleasure to give them to you. And if not enough people go for it, I'd like to have the extras on hand. Excuse me. And if you don't have enough people to give them away to, and you got some extras on hand, I'd like to keep those in a separate but sunny location to use as my, quote, stunt plants. Should anything happen to the existing plants, you bring the stunt man in. And that way you're set throughout this. I like it. Yeah, exactly. They're your backdoor plants. They're there if you need them. And um, a lot of times, uh, peppers, tomatoes, I'll get little fruits off them. It's, it's fun. Um, and I don't have to worry if they die or not because I didn't need them. Okay. Yeah, space is probably at a premium for me. Do, we, do you have a second for one, one other quick question? What is it? So I, I got some compost from the local uh, water waste treatment facility. Uh-oh, uh, uh-oh. Is this biosolids? Yeah. Is this biosolids? Bio we emailed. I do not want to talk to you about that yes. now, but I do want you to call in again okay. next week. Okay, because we're really short on time, and that's a subject that doesn't need to be, that does need some time to discuss. And this is an actual real invite. And so when you transplant, when you move these plants around, don't be afraid, because they are your extras. And if anything happens to them, if you're a little ham-handed that day, you didn't need it. So don't worry, uh, yeah. although if you are a compulsive warrior, Get the scissors out. Okay, man? <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for the information, and uh, looking forward to, to speaking again sometime. Yes, sir. Anytime. Give us a call. Bye-bye, <laughs> Dan. All right. Thank you. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind everybody with itchy fingers that May is a great month for growing peas and salad greens, but not so great for rushing out tropical crops like tomatoes and peppers. So don't go checking to see whether your last chance of nighttime chill is predicted just yet, because we'll be right back with Bodacious Potatoes and more of your Bodacious phone calls. I'm non-bodacious Mike McGrath, and you're listening to You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, the one in Pennsylvania.
Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. You're listening to an encore presentation of You Bet Your Garden. Welcome back to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in beautiful Bethlehem, PA. I'm your host, beautiful Mike McGrath, and we are in the stretch now, cats and kittens. That's right. In just a little bit, I will praise potatoes and give you a little bit of advice of how to grow them to their truest potential. It's one of my favorite crops. You won't want to miss it. And you won't. All you got to do is stay tuned at 888-492-9444. Vinayak, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I am just ducky. Thanks for asking. How much did I butcher your name there? Uh, not a lot. Uh, pretty close. Okay, good, good. Uh, just for your own sake. Say it Say it so the people know who I'm Vinayak. talking. Vinayak. All right, and uh, where is Vinayak? Um, I'm in Stamford, Connecticut. Uh, it's close to the the Connecticut New York City border. Yes, yes, I know it well. Uh, what can we do you for, sir? So, so Mike, I have um, I have a couple of uh, of cayenne pepper plants that I overwintered in a uh, 16-inch pot. Excellent. Indoors, and uh, I gave I gave them some light, and uh, they've since you know branched out. You know, right in 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 December last year mm-hmm. and they branched out really well uh, they had leaf drops and blossom drops in the middle but then uh, right now i have like uh, over 40 45 peppers on them so i'm i'm very happy with how that turned out but um, now with the weather getting better i want to take them out i'm what i wanted to know from you is you know what sort of care should i um, you know take should i uh, prune them a bit okay, okay. now let me um, let me go back here you say how many pepper plants do you have? Two plants in one 16-inch pot. Well, 16 inch is a pretty good-sized pot, and peppers don't seem to mind other peppers growing with them the way tomatoes do. So I would say you're going to keep it in. You're going to keep them, that is, in the pot. And uh, you say they're fruiting, they're flowering. This sounds fabulous. So. Um, uh, let's say, uh, what kind of pot? What's the material? Uh, plastic. Okay, good, good. Um, because that retains moisture better uh, than terracotta. Terracotta looks nice, but it's a bear to keep watered. So um, what's, right. what, what are the nighttime temperatures right now in Connecticut? Um, so right, so this this last week it's been um, you know in between fifty and fifty six, but uh, the coming week they're going to be you know right around forty eight. Yeah, so I'm okay. a little um, I'm suspect on that. You know, should I keep them out? Should I keep you know bring them in back? Yes, uh, you should bring them back in. What I've been uh, taking my tomatoes and peppers out for a walk uh, whenever the weather. Sometimes it's been glorious, sixty five at night. And so I leave them out at night. And then if it's going to plummet, I bring them back in. Keeps me out of serious trouble. But um, you can keep doing the same thing. I would say, what do you give? What are you using to give them light? Um, so right now I have um, uh, the daylight bulbs. You know, I, I got from Costco. They are, uh, I think, 5,000K. Um, 
and I have two of them on on the plant. I mean, one of you know, one on each side of the plant. Okay, you could say. Okay, great. Just that much. Great. Um, so what'll happen is when you're comfortable, and the the fact that it's in a pot, you're you're in good shape because if we get a sudden uh, chill, you can bring it right back in. And but by taking it out for short periods of time, you are quote hardening it off, getting it ready to go outside. Um, then when you take it outside, peppers want full sun. Have you ever fed the plants anything? Um, yes. Um, so I have this um, seaweed fertilizer. I think it's uh, uh, two, uh, two, four. Um, or, you know, two, three, five or something, you know, of, of, of that range. It has low nitrogen, but, you know, high PNK. Wow, perfect. That is great. Um, you couldn't do better. So um, when you take it outside, let the plant stabilize for a little bit. Uh, make sure it stays well mm -hmm. watered. The best way to tell if it's wet or dry is to rock the pot. If it feels really heavy, even if the soil is dry on top, don't water. But if it feels light, then it's time to give it a slow soaking. The best way to water planted pots is, let's say you go out with a quart of water. You pour in about a third of it. If the soil is very dry, a lot of it's going to leave the bottom. That's fine. But now you're pre-saturating. So 20 minutes later, you give it another third and probably nothing will come out then. And then after that, give it another third, and now the pot should be heavy. It is better for the plants to dry out than to be watered all the time. And then I would say, and is this a, um, a granular fertilizer or liquid? Liquid. Oh, excellent. You're, you're, you're off to a fabulous start. So... Um, you know, uh, about two weeks after you're out and everybody's settled and everything, then you can replace one of the waterings with a gentle feeding, and you could do that, say, every three weeks during the season. Got it. Got and it. and yeah, don't forget, been, uh, don't forget to bring it in again in in the fall. Absolutely. So that that, that was going to be my you know um, my my follow-up question. You know, how many years do pepper plants actually you know um, yield good fruit? If I um, would, you know, get them back in every winter. When I was in New Mexico years ago, I saw a habanero tree that had a, a huge trunk and hundreds, if not thousands, of the hot peppers on it. Uh, peppers are perennial in the tropics, and they can be perennialized here if they're protected from cold weather and frost. So the sky's the limit. I got one to about 10 years old before um, <laughs> I dropped it. <laughs> and, uh, but the well, sky's the limit. The, the more attention you pay to the, uh, to the weather, it would not be unreasonable for you to keep these things going for five or 10 years. That's amazing. So, yeah, Mike, so the main question about pruning or, you know, the, the original question actually came about because when they started fruiting, they were fruiting in, say, you know, January and February, there were lots of buds, tons of buds on it, and, you know, that's what, you know, yielded in peppers. But right now, when I look at them, they don't have those many buds. So I was thinking if, you know, they are waiting for another flush to come in, and would that come in in a couple of months when I put them outside? Are uh, the what peppers the going to look like? Because Are the peppers on the plant ripe? 
yes, actually. Uh, six you... of the 30, 40 that I have. Okay. Yeah, I would pick off the ripe peppers, maybe even some, um, uh, you said the ch true chilies, the elongated ones? Yes, yes. Yeah, you can eat some of them green. But take some of the um, take some of the ripe peppers off, and that will stimulate new flowers. Perfect. Okay, great. I'll do that. All right. Good luck, sir. It sounds like you're doing great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. It is time for the question of the week, which we're calling In Praise of Potatoes. Now, before we get to your questions, I want to emphasize one thing. You really need to plant and grow potatoes this year. Yes, organically grown potatoes are widely available and inexpensive, but nothing can replace the sensation of unearthing a fresh homegrown potato, rinsing it off right there in the garden and biting into it right there in the field. If you have never grown potatoes, you have never really tasted a potato. We begin with Deanna in West Point, Virginia, which is near Williamsburg, who writes, I am in a perpetual learning mode, and I'm curious about the potato bags I see advertised. Do they really work well for growing white and sweet potatoes? We have voles and clay soil and are looking for feasible alternatives. A little bit of back and forth emailing revealed that Deanna was talking about the flexible foldable fabric grow bags that are <clears throat> growing in popularity. Now, for true potatoes, sometimes called Irish potatoes or spuds, the answer is a loud yes. In fact, potatoes may be the ideal crop for these above-ground bags. But don't call them white potatoes. White potatoes, like russets, are ideal for some uses, like the making of French fries, of which the best I've ever tasted were in Paris. But for home cooking, you want to grow the gourmet varieties. I now grow all of my potatoes in grow bags. For their height, the ease of harvesting, and the fact that they look good on the patio, where the disintegrating decades-old half-whiskey barrels are being slowly removed by time itself. Some of these grow bags are planted with red potatoes. Some are planted with buttery yellow varieties like the fabled Yukon Gold. And some are planted with wonderful variations, like red-skinned potatoes with golden flesh and gold skins with red flesh. But there are no white or purple potatoes in my garden. I consider the purple ones a novelty that doesn't live up to the taste of red or gold. And more importantly, sweet potatoes are not potatoes of any kind. Related to morning glories, honest, they spread laterally on the surface as opposed to being straight-up plants that do the hard work underground. Sweet potatoes will do much better in a raised bed where the leaves can roam on the surface. We move on to Vina Jane or Vina Jane in Coopersburg, PA, who writes, Last year I planted potatoes. The plants grew but never flowered. Were those potatoes safe to eat? I heard the plant could be poisonous. Well, potatoes that were poorly cared for and exposed to the sun while growing will develop distinctive green areas that are toxic, not poisonous. You'd have to eat a lot of green potatoes to OD on them. 
Continuous mulching of your crop throughout the season to protect it from the sun prevents the problem. And if one energetic spud manages to break ground and go green, just cut off the green parts before eating. But if more than a third to one half of potato is green, compost it. Potato flowers are another story, and they are one of the most wonderful things about growing your own potatoes. When the above ground growth is just about fully grown, it will often, but not always, produce a flush of small flowers at the top of the plant. These flowers will reflect the color of the potatoes growing underground. Red flowers for redskins, yellow flowers for gold potatoes, bluish purple flowers for purple potatoes, and white flowers for, duh, white potatoes. Lack of flowers doesn't mean anything, it just happens. But the appearance of flowers, which are staggeringly beautiful, can be important. First, enjoy those flowers until they start to fade, then pinch them off unless you want a green ball to appear in their place that contains potato seeds, which might produce potatoes in several, several years. Then mark a date on your calendar, three weeks to a month from then. That's when you can harvest small new potatoes, aka fingerlings, that have concentrated taste and nutrition. But you doesn't have to. You can let the plant alone until the first frost and then dig up and harvest full-size potatoes. Be sure to root around the general area. You can often find some biggins a foot or more away. Fun for the kiddos. Bring the harvest inside, gently brush the dirt off, but do not wash them. Store them in a cool, dark area because even ambient light can cause greening. We finish up with Denise, my quote, biggest fan in East Lyme, Connecticut. She writes, I'm a healthcare worker in a COVID-ridden hospital, and your podcast is the emotional escape I so desperately need on my hour-long commute home. Thank you. Now, this year is my first time trying potatoes. To my surprise, my mail-order spuds arrived without eyes. Sounds like a song lyric. Forcing me to desperately search the internet, which brought me to the term chitting. C-H-I-T-T-I-N-G. I'm fearful of losing my window to plant and get a good harvest. To chit or not to chit? That is the question. Please help. Well, not without thanking you for your service first. You people have replaced the Justice League and the Avengers as my favorite heroes. Now, feel free to chit away. Many potato growers will place their soon-to-be-planted spuds in a sunny windowsill or other bright area indoors a couple of weeks before planting in the hopes of developing good eyes and getting an early harvest. When your planting stock is without eyes, this step is essential. Well, that sure was some entertaining potato talk, now, wasn't it? Luckily for you, this question of the week and many more of my articles about potatoes appear in print at the Gardens Alive website. To read them over at your leisure or your leisure, just click the link for the question of the week at our website, which is still and will forever be youbetyourgarden.org. Gardens Alive supports the You Bet Your Garden question of the week, and you will always find the latest question of the week at the Gardens Alive website. Yikes, my producer is threatening to poach my potatoes if I don't get out of this studio. 
we must be out of time. But you can call us anytime, 888-492-9444. Send us your email, you're tired, you're poor, you're wretched refuse, teeming, teeming towards our garden shore at ybyg at wlvt.org. Please include your location or you'll be sorry that you didn't. You'll find all of this contact information on our website, youbetyourgarden.org, where you'll also find the answers to all of your garden questions. Why are you calling? They're all up there. Audio of this show, video of this show, audio and video of old shows, I and our internationally renowned podcast. You Bet Your Garden is a half-hour public television show, an hour-long public radio show and podcast, all produced and delivered to you weekly by Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Our radio show is distributed by PRX, the public radio exchange. You Bet Your Garden was created by Mike McGrath. Mike McGrath was created when Colin Clive kept screaming, Alive! It's alive! He screamed it so loud it woke him up a mile away. Ken Queter plays our theme song. Our chief content officer is Yoni Greenbaum. Our angel of the airways is Christine Dempsey. Our sound engineer is house hunting Charlie Sarah. Our social media director is Amanda Norfleet. Check what she's doing at the You Bet Your Garden Facebook page. Tavia Minnick is our peerless princess of profound production. The always lovely Jonas Bowen is our audio editor and chief payer of attention. Judicious Jake Boyer does the video. Our directorial director of direction is the harassed and harried Javier Diaz. Andy Cummins takes our temperature at the door. Zach Dattakwisneski is in our haunted house, ably assisted by the usual gang of idiots, including Eric Werner, Jacob Morris, Jeff Frederick, Carlin Canfield, and many more, much too expensive to mention. Terrible Tim Fallon is not our executive producer, but I'm your host, Mike McGrath, and I'd like to say something funny here, but I'm too busy planting potatoes, and I want to hear that you have been planting them as well next week. You've been listening to an encore presentation of You Bet Your Garden. <laughs>